Teflon. Yep. Hey, everybody. My name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And we're doing a Zoom meeting, an InterNACHI webinar with some of my best friends here. All my friends are home inspectors, by the way, the best people to hang out with. We have Jim Crum, Lon Henderson, and Ray Klein. They're all InterNACHI certified professional inspectors. And they're also InterNACHI, uh, sorry, certified master inspectors. That's CMI. That's the best of the best. So for this webinar, we're gonna talk about tools of the trade. What tools a home inspector should have? Maybe from the simplest basic thing like a flashlight to some uh, complicated, expensive things. And essentially, don't freak out when you grab a tool as a home inspector. The word flashlight doesn't even appear in the standards of practice. So if you're using a flashlight, you're exceeding the standards of practice, but don't be scared. The GFCI tester, right? It's GFCIs are required to be tested during a home inspection, but the tester isn't required. So really it's up to the home inspector to choose what tools works best for their business. And sometimes you need a tool that's um, gonna work for your ancillary inspections. And maybe um, we'll talk about ancillary inspections and tools like SuperScope inspections as well. So if you are attending this live webinar, uh, feel free to ask questions. Um, I'm going to monitor the chat and the QA button. So if you, there's something on your side that looks like a, a question and answer button or a chat button, feel free to ask questions and I'll interrupt the fellas as they talk about their tools. So who's up first? Who wants to talk about their tools? All right, Lon, take it away. Oh, no. So a couple of things. One of the things uh, talk about uh, the basics. Just, you know, if you're a newbie in the business or just getting started, as uh, Ben was mentioning, you can actually do an inspection and not use any tools at all uh, and follow our, our uh, standards of practice. But most of us will go beyond the standards of practice. It's just the way it is. And, uh, that's what most home inspectors do. So tools to uh, get started with, in my opinion, you need a screwdriver. I have one of these, you know, seven in one type screwdriver things, has a, a nut drivers on it, uh, open up uh, things with. And of course, in our standards of practice, not much that we have to open up, but in the real world, we're typically pulling the covers off of furnaces, for instance, and pulling the covers off of uh, electric panels, although in Ohio, you don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, most of us, again, are going to And I like a big screwdriver, flathead screwdriver for leverage. Also, it's my pro. I, in fact, just yesterday was stabbing some uh, rotted um, uh, uh, wood and some window frames. The uh, Getting a message on my phone right now for an inspection later today. Uh, a, uh, uh, just a, a knife for, you know, sometimes you just need one to cut uh, trim something or whatever. Or the old two-prong uh, uh, outlets or, or something else. It's a little simple two-wire uh, circuit tester. Always need a pair of pliers for something. I was taking a water hose off a, a faucet a bit 
uh, a couple of days ago just to uh, put my uh, pressure meter on it. Of course, three-line tester with the GFCI tester, that's a very common one. Um, and I probably have five of these around because they seem to break. And then a flashlight, and I am a geek on flashlights. I probably have eight in my car. This has by far and away become my favorite. By the way, Inspector Outlet at Internachi has the best price on this. It's the Phoenix TK35UE. This thing is like crazy bright. I think something like 3,000 lumens on its brightest setting. Um, it, uh, uh, it's, it's expensive. Uh, but I like a good flashlight. In my opinion, the minimum flashlight is a thousand lumens. I just don't know how you can see things with less than a thousand lumens. And today, uh, flashlights are uh, uh, small, compact, and bright. And then for my 22 years doing so, I used the same electrical uh, electrician's tool belt. This is the same one I've had for my entire 22 years that carry this stuff in. I know some guys stick it in their pockets and things like that, and that's great, but this is what works good for me, um, is a simple tool belt. Now, and the other thing that's kind of uh, basic is a ladder. Uh, I use a little giant. I know lots of guys like the telescopers, everybody to their own. But uh, I've had this same little giant again for 22 years. I did the math on it a few years ago. I had opened and closed it something like 35,000 times. Um, the, uh, that's what I like. I like a little tarp to put underneath uh, cross, uh, attic openings so because stuff always falls out. Some guys use little cordless vacuum cleaners. That's pretty good too but something to uh, catch the stuff that falls out when you look up in an attic. And then for crawl spaces, I recommend some kind of coveralls. Tieback coveralls are good. These are just cloth, uh, works for me. I love, again, you sound like I'm doing an inspector outlet commercial here, but um, these uh, space crawling gloves, I think they're like 35, 40 bucks. They're worth five times this much. Best thing I ever got. I love these gloves for crawl spaces. And knee pads. There's always something sharp on the surface of a crawl space, even if it's got a, a, a vapor barrier on it or something. It just seems to be stuck there. So love the crawl uh, knee pads for uh, crawl spaces. Take that kind of is a good basic start for you that's not a lot of investment, not spending a lot of money. Now going beyond all that good stuff, we can get into other things like a gas sniffer, once again, <laughs> available on Inspector Outlet at a great price. This particular one is the um, Tippy 775. It measures both natural gas and carbon monoxide. So it's a twofer. I like mine so well that I have two of them so that when one's being recalibrated, I have the other one for use. Love that thing. Uh, 
little simple laser thermometer. These things are cheap, like 20 bucks. Um, the uh, measuring tape, both for your use and uh, also clients are always wanting to measure something. How big's the refrigerator opening? You can hand them a tape, make them happy. Um, moisture meter. This is a uh, Trimax, also available on Inspector Outlet. Uh, this is a, um, I've had this same one for 20 years or so. Uh, nice little unit. In fact, I found a wet spot in a wall just uh, a couple of days ago, or a ceiling a couple of days ago. Uh, other little things. Um, I'm checking the water pressure in a house. Um, and, you know, the stuff we're talking about right now, definitely beyond our SOP, but um, I found probably <laughs> half the houses that I inspect will have water pressures uh, out of line, which basically, at least around here, we want between 60 and 80 PSI. And in the last week, I had one that was, that was 140. Uh, so um, I like checking the water pressure. Um, checking the microwave and you'll see the little InterNACHI emblem on that. Uh, they have these uh, for uh, easy price. It has a little LED, like, I think really cheap, uh, an LED, uh, has LED lights in it. And so the microwaves will excite the gases in the LEDs and it will glow telling you that the microwave is working. Uh, so it's a nice tool for checking the microwave and your clients really love it. They just, for whatever reason, they think that is really something. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of some of the basics. One little thing, I like carrying some painter's blue tape with me. Um, for instance, a couple of days ago, I had several uh, outlets that were uh, reverse polarized. It was easy just to pull a stick of blue tape off and stick it on the outlet cover so that when I write my report, I'm not having to describe the exact location of the uh, reverse polarized outlet. I just say, look for the blue tape. And another place I love this is a gas leak. Um, just pull off a strip of blue tape, wrap it where the gas leak was, and now you don't get that call from public service, hey, I'm having trouble finding that gas leak. Just go to the blue tape. So I like those things for that. Little uh, other couple of little things like uh, IR, infrared, getting to be very popular. So have an infrared camera, uh, getting to be, it has been very popular. A lot of guys offer this as an add-on service. Um, the, uh, useful hub. I had uh, a uh, hydronic uh, warm water heat system a couple of days ago. How sweet it is to walk around seeing how well the radiators are working with this. Uh, and I found one that uh, was not working properly and this made it easy. That makes a nice photo and looks good in the reports. The, uh, and then if you're in one of those areas where they do radon testing, that's a great add-on service and a lot of states you have to get uh, certified to do radon testing. That's easy to do and what do you know, InterNACHI has a great class on that. 
the, uh, I use the, uh, mostly the Sun Nuclear 1027s. Um, I do have a uh, Corinthian Pro. Uh, there's, you know, and you can get 1028s and 1030s in the Sun Nuclear. And then there's uh, subscription services for radon where you don't have to make the major investment in the units and you just basically rent your uh, uh, instruments from the subscription service. So, but it's a nice add-on uh, uh, value added, so to speak, service if it's something that uh, is appropriate where you are. Uh, here in Colorado, radon, big deal. And so I am doing a lot of radon testing um, and you know, making a little extra money off that. And then oh, binoculars, useful. Um, the uh, headlamp for crawl spaces, I actually have about six of these. I have one that's like a 1500 lumen, great thing. Then the little funny little things are like taking a folding chair with you. <laughs> the uh, vacant houses with furniture. I pull out three vacant chairs, one for the realtor, uh, if the realtor's there, and two for the clients. Two things about it, they love it. And secondly, they don't feel compelled to, you know, be hanging on my shoulder. <laughs> so uh, they can relax in the chairs and I can do my thing. So uh, <clears throat> of, uh, that, just kind of a PR thing, but people like it. Two covers for walking around in houses or slippers. Also, uh, the uh, towels, always bring some towels. Things happen, you bake it house, you turn on the dishwasher and son of a gun, it starts leaking and you got a little pool of water there. Got some towels to mop it up, something like that, it's good. And uh, then, you know, having a drill of some kind, uh, occasionally uh, taking a few screws loose to get into something like a uh, attic ac uh, crawl space access are often screwed shut and uh, I will take those loose to get in. So that's some of the uh, basics that are not basics, but the basics plus that I use uh, as I'm going about doing things. That's awesome, Lon. I think the blue tape was uh, uh, brilliant um, because during uh, walkthroughs on a new house with a building supervisor and the homeowner, you know, they they always want those little cosmetic items, and you know, touching the wall here or touching the the uh, trim there or the window sill there, uh, and not damaging what you uh, want to mark is a great one. And the camping chairs. How about a battery vacuum? Do either one of you carry a, a like a little handheld vacuum yep. to sweep stuff up? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. Along um, with the broom and a dustpan. <laughs> Gregory says he carries two tape measures, one for himself and one for the client to use as a backup. So that's a good tip there. And Can I Jamie, bring up something on tape measures? What's that? On tape measures. Yeah. Ace Hardware has them for almost free at Christmas time. I buy 30 or 40 because invariably you'll have somebody at the inspection and the agent's like, Oh, we'd like to measure this. I don't have a tape measure. I just give yep. them the tape measure. <laughs> it cost me like two ninety nine, and uh, 
you know, I have a ton of them in my truck and I just hand them and it's something they remember you by. It's like, hey, they gave me a, a tape measure. They don't know yeah. it costs $2. That's right. That's right. It's that gift that counts. It's the idea that the thought that it counts. Uh, Jamie asks, when's Internachi coming out with a fiberglass roof camera pole? Um, so I think Ray, a long time ago, Ray, you were trying to design something with the sources from Home Depot um, instead of right here that I use. There you but go. This is an aluminum pole, so it can conduct electricity. Yeah. But it is a painting pole. It goes up to 22 feet. And I fastened my camera to the top. I used it in video mode. And I videotaped those roofs that are too steep or too high to walk. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, somebody got fatally hurt a while back. Um, not using Inspector Outlet's pole, but Inspector Outlet was uh, um, considerate enough to just pull that off of their item, uh, off of their store, off of their shelf. So it was a good idea. Until someone designs something that's non-conductive, I think it's uh, you got to be careful out there. So if you're going to make one, maybe make one um, out of plastic or non-conductive material. Um, Gregory says, instead of using the internet microwave detector tester, uh, use a plastic cup and fill it with water. It could, um, I also uh, just grab a, a paper towel, uh, put it under the sink, throw it in there. 30 seconds, it's steaming. So it's one of the other ways if you don't have a tester. Jim, I think you're up next. You want to go? Yeah, so I'm going to start. I'm going to try not to cover most of the stuff blonde covered, but we all use similar things in a different way. This here is called a sure shot. Since InterNASHI took down the spectroscope, we use this with a completely fiberglass painter stick. You can either use your Wi-Fi or it also has a tether on here like a dog leash. And so in Colorado, we have a lot of no-fly zones where we can't use a drone. Mm -hmm. New homes, a lot of times they won't let me on the, on the roof, so we use that. So there is still some options out there. They actually make it so it'll tilt and do a lot of things, but we use this a couple times a week. Here's something that Internashi or uh, Inspector Outlet sells. It's a body cam. We will not enter a house without a body cam. We have a very nice video of one of my guys getting bit by the seller's dog. The seller's dog that was supposed to be so nice and friendly ripped a chunk out of his leg. When they tried to say he was being mean to the dog, it was all on video. So my suggestion is get a body cam. They're not that expensive. We have a separate backup hard drive that we store all of our body stuff. So, again, like Lon, the camera, or the uh, flashlights, you can get them. Uh, these are the best. This one's probably four or five years old. It's still going strong. I pretty much quit using any other flashlight. It's just, it is the best. You need a voltage stick. Whenever we go in the attics or crawl spaces, we bring this. So if any abandoned wiring, we can check if it's alive. Remember, you're still going to write it up as, as a disconnected, possibly abandoned wiring because it may be on a light switch. But, you know, that way you also know if it's safe for you to walk through. Ferret. And I'm not selling tools, but this here, it's on a telescope. It's seven feet long. I use it to check siding cap flashings above windows. Uh, invariably, James Hardy is installed incorrectly. So with that, I can see if they've caught the cap flashings, if I have a quarter inch gap, 
With LP Smart Side, it's supposed to be 316 or 3S. So we check all of those and then we take a picture when it's wrong. Don't leave home without this. <laughs> this is our electrical tester. And now, as you get in the business, it's kind of hard to buy everything. We have at least two of everything in the truck. But every two and a half years, you'll let the smoke out of this. You'll plug it in and it'll smoke. The capacitors go bad. You want to be able to go out to your truck and grab a second one. So you do need to have redundance. This is the little infrared we use for checking like floors, things like that. We have a very good infrared that we take out of the safe and use it when we're doing an infrared scan. But this, as Lon says, if you want to check if the floor is heating, if the baseboards are heating, these work awesome. We bring the CO gas leak detector. It's dual purpose. We bring just a gas leak detector and we bring just a carbon monoxide leak detector. Again, redundancy. If I see something, I want to have two testers show it because then nobody can really accuse me of being wrong. Couple of electrical testers. We check every 240 outlet, make sure it's correct. This is something that most of you won't have, but you should. Lineman's gloves. Years ago, one of my guys opened a dead front cover to a big flash. The service wires were warped and rubbed a hole and just by him moving the dead front cover, there was this huge arc. If Carlos hadn't been wearing lineman's uh, gloves and glasses, he probably would have been dead or at least severely burnt. So they're not that expensive. Always put on gloves and glasses when you go into a panel. It's the only safe thing to do. I'm gonna scan around here a little bit on some of the specialty, but I want, I'm, I'm a big story guy. So we're gonna talk about my last week. Your most important tool besides you is your work vehicle. It is what brings you safely to the inspection and safely home. After this, I want you to go out and look at your work vehicle and decide if you can survive an accident. We lucked out and in February, I used to drive Yukons, Suburbans. I was always gonna put a bulkhead in and I never did. All of my tools were in the back and they were organized in drawers, but you know, we saw a Suburban come down from skiing that rolled over and there were ski boots and skis all over the highway. I don't know if anybody survived or didn't survive. When we saw that, I ordered a new truck. So I ordered a pickup, crew cab, all the bells and the whistles. It showed up during the COVID. We put a slide bed. All of our tools are in the bed. There is nothing in the seats anymore. Last Monday, we were sitting at a stoplight and we're rear-ended. The truck was going approximately 50 miles an hour and it destroyed my new truck. It bent the frame. The bed just basically blew up with all the tools shifting around. If those tools had been inside the truck, I'm not sure we would have survived. As it was, nobody was injured. Look at your car, your truck. Will my ladder stay placed? What do you have loose? We used to have chargers in the back seat. You know, think about them. A lithium battery coming at 40 miles an hour is like a bullet. 
if it hits you in the back of the head, you are probably not going home that night. So you need to think about that, whether it's a rollover, a rear end, maybe you cause the accident and rear end somebody else. You know, look at your car, your truck, and make sure that you can survive because, Jim. you know, your family wants you to come home. Hey, Jim, you, yeah. you, mentioned, you said the term bulkhead. I just want to make sure that everybody understands what that is. You're talking about like a partition between. A partition between the, the, where you store your tools and where your passenger are. Right. They make fabric ones that I wouldn't trust. You can buy metal bulkheads that are like the post office uses, Amazon, things like that. Uh, you know, that way it'll stop that ladder. It'll stop, you know, anything coming forward, it hits that, shatters and falls. So you want to have a partition between you and your tools. So uh, done preaching on that, but think about it. Because, you know, we lose a few inspectors every year. We don't want to lose inspectors. Now, Lon brought up ladders. I'm a little different than Lon. We have five ladders in our truck. We have a 13, we have a 17, we have a 23-foot little giant. Then we have two telescoping. We replace our ladders every two years. Our most used ladders we replace every year. I figure it's cheap insurance. You know, I used to sell them at garage sales. I have a cousin in who's roofing. He knows somebody was sued by doing that because somebody got hurt on a ladder he sold. So now we just scrap them. So cost of doing business, a ladder's a couple hundred bucks for a good ladder. You know, the more the merrier. One ladder won't always be the safest. You know, sometimes a telescoping is safer than an articulator. So buy the good ladders. Because of the COVID, life has changed. <laughs> We've bought Internashi booties for years. We found these now on Amazon. It's $10.99 for two. They're washable. We get about 10 inspections out of them. We now have 15 booties for every inspector. He changes his booties just like his uniform at every inspection. We do not go into somebody's house with a pair of booties that has been into another house since it was washed. So we change our clothes, uh, shoes. Everything is changed. The mask, of course. Wet wipes. We have a sanitation protocol that we wipe everything down going in. We wipe everything down coming out. We advertise our protocol. You need to do what you can to keep everybody safe right now. Things like that. You know, I don't want to bring COVID from one house into another house. That would be a terrible thing. I also take off all my clothes, except for my underwear, of course, in the garage. And we let them sit in the garage until the weekend. That way things kind of settle down. If there is some problems with those that, you know, where I came from, I'm not tracking it through my house. So uh, think about that. Now I'm going to just kind of scan around a little bit on some of these tools, more of the, the specialties type stuff. Lon and I both use the same radon equipment. What I've done is I've put a tripod on camera. When it's fully extended, it is 22 inches. And our PP guidelines is it has to be at least 20 inches off the ground. I have had many times where a seller has accused us of having an improper radon test saying that it is not at the right height. I always take a picture in my report. There it is. We use bags for our inspection. Now with the COVID, they do not go in the property. 
they go in the back of the house, they go on the porch, uh, and we only bring in what we are currently using. We also do well inspections. Now again, I'm a redundant guy. I use this for our flow. That dryer gauge has to be calibrated or replaced every year to be uh, certified. Then we use basically uh, a gauge from the city. That way I have a double. This I know how many gallons I've pumped. I know how many gallons a minute I do there. So I'm pretty much covered. My numbers should do, add up the math. If one breaks, I still have it. So I didn't waste my time. There's a hard hat. When you're doing new construction, if you're outside, you typically have to wear a hard hat. We send out a seller's notice on every inspection. We have a builder's notice when we're doing new construction. That blue tape line was talking about, a lot of builders will not allow you to put blue tape on. So we always ask. If they do, then we can use blue tape. If they don't, we don't put it on. There's a little sea snake. You know, we use that once in a while when we're trying to see behind a furnace or things like that. Can't, can't see it, Jim. Pan, pan down a little bit. Can you see it now? Yep. Okay. And there we have a nine-foot cable for it. Now over here is my sewer camera. And here's the easiest to use locate, locator in the business. So that is probably the highest paying ancillary service in the business. Uh, it pays really good money. It takes you about 15 minutes and unlike radon, you don't have to go back to the property. <laughs> Here, tie off gear for the roof. Most jurisdictions now require a roof tie off hook at anything 612 or over. Remember, you still have to safely get to that tie off. So if you can use a valley or something like that, the pitch is half, so it's safe. But you still need to get there. So if the roof isn't safe, you don't walk it. Use a pole, use a drone, use your binoculars. Now, we use the painter stick for our sure shot. I've also made, taken rollers, paint rollers, and cut them off and made 90 degrees. I've made picks on them. So I can check if a gutter's loose. I can check chimney, things like that, chimney flashings. Uh, so we use that painter stick for a lot of things besides just the pull. But uh, so a couple of the other things that you may want to get if you're going to do anything odd. Here's my witching rods. <laughs> They're just wires. I do well inspections. And a lot of times people want to find out where their septic tank is. You would be amazed how many times I have found a well that is underground with these wires. Don't try to explain how it works. You never will. But if you trust the rods, they'll tell you where it is. <laughs> so funny thing about that is if you do it, the first time your client sees that it actually works, they tell everybody. We get 90 plus percent of our business for client referrals. Little things like that is why we get those referrals. Hey, uh, Todd asks, Jim, um, what is the name of that camera that you were looking at? That's Subtech and it is sold through Inspector Outlet. It's the only camera he sells on there. 
but uh, it's the Inspector Series. You're, they, they were known by vision, but there was a partner, and when they split the partnership, they changed the name to Subtech, but it's the same cam camera system as Vision's been using since 1991. They're one of the oldest camera manufacturers in the book. And that camera there, the owner of Subtech actually came out and met with Ben, myself, Nick, and Nikolai, and we designed that camera at the House of Horrors. <clears throat> so we designed it so it would go through an inch and a half stack. It'll go through a two-inch cleanout. It'll go through a three-inch cleanout. Because as a home inspector, we can't legally pull toilets. So we have to have those options of where we can do the scope. It has a self-leveling camera head. It has a 10 millimeter cable, which is a little thicker than most, but not as thick as the 200. <clears throat> so it'll push the distances much better than a, a 3 8 inch cable. So there's a couple things there that uh, were just specific that they designed it just for us home inspectors. Um, Gregory says uh, that he uses cougar paw boots to walk on a roof. Do you use cougars? I do not. I use Docker dress shoes and, uh, or nuns. They have a rubber sole on the bottom and they are the best roof shoes I've ever done. So, uh, you know, we wear the polo shirts. We have a certain look we go by. I have heard those work pretty good, but like I say, I, I can walk a 612 without even thinking about it with, uh, with a, the street shoes. Yep. Cool. All right. And uh, John says uh, Lowe's has the best price for little giant ladders. And as long as you go a, a 3A, 375 weight, you know, the little giant's a good ladder. The grill is a good ladder. Warner's a good ladder. As long as they're all that rating, uh, all of them are good ladders. So, you know, we buy, I like the little giant because of the name, Yeah. but uh, people kind of recognize it. But if you're just trying to get a, a good ladder, as long as you stick with that rating, one of those three, you're in great shape. I like your ideas of, uh, you know, in COVID uh, using new booties every time and uh, keep them bags, the tool bags outside. Really yeah, good. we're just trying not to, we don't want to be, you know, involved in infecting a house. Yep. You know, we're supposed to, you know, be professionals here. All right, Ray, I think you're up next. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to cover uh, some specialty systems <clears throat> that I use. And I'm with uh, Jim there, you know. I always carry the disinfectant wipes now. Don't forget your mask. But the one thing that I do is I carry in my truck some extra masks for the client. So if they show up and they don't have one, I've got some for them. Um, you know, I've basically got a, a basic essential list that you really need if you leave your house in a hurry and you don't want to forget anything. So, you know, I, on my list, you know, I've got my ladders. I got this uh, multi-tip screwdriver. Don't leave home without that. Flashlight. I'm uh, using the, the ones from the inspector outlet as well. This is an 800 lumen. Um, camera, tablet, or smartphone. Everybody's doing the reports differently. I'm still the old school style, so I'm using a camera. And I always carry a backup camera. Moisture meter. I've got the X-Tech. This is the true prong style. You get these at Inspector Outlet. They're pretty reasonable. 
receptacle testers. I carry a spare and my primary, but I also have the, the Klein. I like this one because I can test AFCIs with this as well. This is uh, kind of in between what Jim uses and the basic plug-in tester. These are about 45 bucks. Tape measures, we talked about that. I always carry a spare, I carry one for the client. Knee pads for the crawl space. Also for a crawl space, I always carry Tyvek suits. Uh, it's a great way to keep clean. When you get out of here, you just take them off and you're good to go on your next inspection. Uh, N95 respirator. Um, typically, I like to wear these in a crawl space because it keeps the air a little cleaner. Or if I'm up, up, up in an attic, I like to use this as well. Uh, got our mask here for the COVID-19 combustible gas detector. This is an X-Tech that I carry. It's the little pin style. And if you're, if you're just starting out, this is these are real reasonable. But you got to have something for combustible gas detection. Uh, I carry the pliers. I, I carry some side cutters too. Uh, I know that you know part, part of our scope is doesn't really cover uh, central vacuum systems, but this is how I test those. You open the lid on the, the outlet, stick this in there, and you cross the two pins, and it'll turn the vacuum system on. This is one specialty thing that some guys don't have. This is a pair of binoculars that have embedded digital camera inside. Um, so I can actually take pictures with these from a very far distance away. These are Bushnells. Uh, these are more expensive, but uh, they're pretty handy to have. Uh, I've got a C3 infrared camera. When I get ready to take the dead front off the electrical panel, I do a scan with this. So I can see any hot spots that might be inside first before I remove that cover. Uh, I've got a multi-tester. This is what I use to test 240 volt outlets. This is a fluke. You don't need anything quite that expensive. Now uh, this little jewel here is a uh, it's a camera pole, it's only six feet long, extends out. And what I use this for, it's got multi-functions actually. If I'm on an old house that only has a really small attic access that I can't get past, I can attach my camera onto this end and I can stick it up in there and I can take photos 360 degrees in that attic space. But Primarily, I use this for testing smoke detectors. And I realize that that's not part of our scope, but I do test them. So I don't have to carry a ladder around the house to test them. Those nine foot ceilings, those vaulted ceilings, this works great. Always carry a spare flashlight. This is a black light flashlight. And I carry this because I've had clients ask me to look for pet urine damage. Uh, they know they can smell it in the house, but they can't identify where it's at. So I use this to try and find those spots in the carpet or wherever the case might be. Uh, one little thing I do carry is I got a little first aid kit for my truck. 
Uh, everybody should have one of those. Uh, don't forget your ch chargers for your cameras. Take those with you. Um, my vehicle that I'm, I'm driving now is a, is a 2019 Nissan uh, Frontier. And I was listening to Jim's experience with his accident. Mine's got a, uh, a bed extender in the back. It's made out of pipe and it can be flipped over to the front and it extends all the way to the front. So actually it works as, it can also add protection from the bed to the back of the cab. So if I carry anything loose back there, I just got that additional attachment point where nothing can get pushed back into the cab. Um, one thing that you might want to consider is a little torpedo level. This is a pretty handy tool to carry with you. Check doors that are out of, out of level, that might not close. Um, check floors that might be heaved. You know, sometimes you walk across a floor, you can, you can feel that where it's heaving a little bit. You can check the floor, see if it's level. You know, my ladders, I've got a, a six foot fiberglass Werner. This is what I used to get in attic spaces. And I've got my, uh, my telescopic ladder. This, this particular one here goes up to about 15 feet. I use that to get on one-story roofs. Uh, like I said before, I got the uh, extender pole. This is conductive, but I do have a video camera on top. This is what I use for those roofs that I can't walk safely. I do have a drone. I don't use that drone very much. This is the same radon tester the other guys are using. This is 1027 Sun Nuclear. This thing's practically bulletproof. I've been using these for over 10 years. Never had any failures whatsoever. Remember to get them recalibrated every year. Bore scope. I've got two of these. I got one with a six foot cable and I got another one with a nine foot cable. Uh, they don't get out of the truck too often, but boy, they sure are handy to have especially if you want to check for a leak under a dishwasher. So essentially that's, you know, that's it with mine. You know, don't forget your gloves. Always carry extra gloves. Now when I'm doing the inspection, I have for years, I wear black knife wrap gloves. Um, that's a, a two way protection It protects myself. It also protects anything I touch in the house. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't leave any marks, so to speak. But I buy those several hundred at a time. Uh, they, they're more tear resistant. Uh, once I get to my truck, I can pull them off. My hands are clean, um, so I don't have to worry about any contamination for myself as well as the client or the house. Uh, but I've been doing that for years, so it's really nothing special for me. Um, you know, I also carry, uh, I've got a little miniature nut driver kit that I always carry. And I wear a tool vest. Uh, I worked for 35 years as an electrician and I had a tool belt on with a pouch. So hard on your back. So I, I like the vest because it equalizes the weight on my, my shoulders and my back. Um, Plus, it gives me a lot of pockets where I can put everything. 
The one I've got is a, I bought it on Amazon and it's actually a police tactical vest. And I just kind of modified it a little bit with different pockets and so forth. So I can carry everything pretty much right there. And I also have the, uh, the water testing kit. Uh, this water test kit can do up to eight parameters of water. And I think that uh, Lon's got one of these too. Do you have one, Jim? Yep, I do. Anyway, it's uh, these are distributed by Trusted Water. If I can get it open. Well, having too much trouble with it. <laughs> um, you can go online to Trusted Water. They have those. They're they're not cheap, um, but they are a good money maker. I I usually charge a good amount of money for the full eight parameter testing. The one thing you can't do is coliform bacteria. You still probably have to take those to a lab for testing. But uh, in terms of testing for lead, copper, total dissolved solids, chlorine, pH, that type of thing, that kit works really well. So Thanks, Ray. Uh, Daniel wants to know, what was that um, telescopic ladder brand and size? Uh, this is a... Uh, Brand name off of here for him. Extend and climb is the brand name. And this one will go up to 15 feet, fully extended. And he also is in in your tool vest. Your tool vest. What's the what what's the name or where, where can you go for a tool vest? What what kind of tool vest do you like? <laughs> tool vest I have, I got on Amazon, and it's actually a police tactical vest. It's actually made for police learning. It's got a lot of pockets, a lot of compartments. Um, and, you know, I did add a couple things to it, but uh, essentially that's what it is. And uh, I like the idea of the black light. Um, do the Jim and, and Lon, do you guys use the black light? I let my clients use it. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to go look for it, they can. <laughs> I have a different black line, but yeah, it's a cool tool. Yeah. And how about EMF? I don't think anybody said anything about an EMF tester. Do you guys test that? Is it a bunch of bull? Uh, I, have, what you... I have an EMF meter. Yeah. And I, don't, you... I offer it, but I don't get too many requests. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think it depends on where you live. I have never, and I mean not once, had a client ask me about EMFs. Uh, but that, I think that's probably the market I operate in. I know uh, some other markets, uh, for whatever reason, there'll be more interest in that. And so a uh, getting a Gauss meter uh, for that, get a pretty good one. Don't uh, definitely do your homework on that because they're not all equal. Um, and uh, so if you're in a market where they uh, want you to measure EMFs, electromagnetic fields, um, then yeah, get, get something like that. Heck, you know, you can charge them 20 extra bucks and uh, uh, 
uh, go around uh, the property and checking the appliances and stuff and uh, see what you're getting. Be a little careful though, because the science is still arguable. Don't, don't argue science with them. Just say, here's what the EMF is. Yeah, this is what the, their meter reads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of money, there's uh, maybe you guys can talk about how much money you've invested into tools. For me, it's kind of like three phases. You've got this first phase where you need the basic tools in order to say, yeah, I'm available to do a home inspection. It's kind of like the flashlight GFCI, maybe you have a ladder or something like that. And then there's that second phase of tools that makes you a better home inspector, like the moisture meter, infrared camera, maybe you can charge more, maybe it's adding value to you. And then there's that third tier of in tools um, that you can think about ancillary services where it's, it's almost like a standalone inspection or you do it at the same time, but you're making money with that, those time of tools. And you're thinking about a return on investment. But why don't you guys talk about spending money on tools? I, I'll, I think you can start out doing a decent inspection for an investment of uh, 300 to 350 bucks. Hmm. I mean, what kind of business are you gonna make, you know, 60,000 uh, for a three hundred dollar investment in tools. I mean, that's just. Uh, but I think that next tier, so to speak, is probably in the seven to eight thousand range, maybe up to twelve thousand, and then that third tier, then something about I think is going to be you know between twelve and sixteen thousand. Well, actually more than that if you're getting a really good sewer scope camera. If you're going to do that. You're going to be well north of, uh, of uh, you know, heck, good camera, and, and Jim knows more about that. Uh, Seven grand to start. Yeah, yeah, big money. Now, I think Lon's very low personally, <laughs> you know, but Lon and I like to disagree. I would kind of look at it about twenty five hundred dollars as your minimum to start, because you need a couple ladders in there, a couple hundred dollars a piece for a decent ladder. Uh, I would not go to an inspection without a moisture meter. I let the other two gentlemen touch on that. You can get cheap infrared for three, $400. It'll kind of get you started, but the moisture meter is what actually points out that it's wet. So with the electrical testers, you know, you need good cameras. Uh, you know, I would expect to spend $2,500 to get my start and then start spending more you know we have forty thousand dollars worth of tools in our truck now i have two sewer cameras which is a big chunk of that but you know if you're going to buy a good infrared it's three thousand dollars by itself so uh you know to start out with if you spend twenty five hundred you will have the basic tools but you know what if you start getting into radon each radon monitor is about a thousand dollars to go with the suns if you go a femtotech they're five thousand each so, uh, you know, there's some more expensive options there. You can lease, you can do different things like that. But, uh, you know, gas leak detector is a couple hundred dollars. Uh, a good electrical analyzer is a couple hundred dollars. So, you know, yes, you can do basically with a screwdriver and a flashlight, you can do an SOP inspection. You can do it. But I'm not sure you're going to want to really put your neck out that far until you spend a little money. I agree with Jim, you know, you can spend a lot of money and you know, I, I talk about my moisture detector, this little 
next deck, but I also have the $850 one as well that I keep in my truck. And this one can measure relative humidity and, and a whole bunch of other things. But uh, I don't use it that much, but I always have it. But that's one of those higher investment tools that you can get in that second phase or third phase of your business. But, uh, you know, the, the radon meters, like you guys said, is going to be the most expensive. Probably looking at 11, 1200 bucks a piece. I want to say, you got go ahead, go ahead, Mon. Uh, I, I think that uh, if you're going to get into doing sewer scopes, first of all, you really need good training. And uh, by the way, as it turns out, Jim has a great course on that. Thank you, Lon. <laughs> I think one's coming up at the end of August. Uh, the uh, but you need, you really need good training. It's not just going out, you know, spending two grand on a cheap camera and shoving it down a uh, sewer line. It's way more than that. And so uh, get the training for that if that's a uh, service that you want to offer. Just like radon, you know, if you're gonna do radon, you should become NRPP certified. You know, it is the acceptable standard. Uh, InterNASHI's class is rated for the 16 hours of education, you know. But you still need to do your blinds. You still need to do, uh, you know, your calibrations every year. So we, uh, you know, I have eight monitors. You know, every year eight monitors has to be calibrated. Every other year I have to go through the blind testing, things like that. So there's an expense to doing those ancillaries. But you're going to find, like in Colorado, if you don't do radon, you're probably not going to get home inspections. You know, so it kind of is a must, must do ancillary service. Yeah, there are those essential tools that you need to conduct business, and it sometimes depends upon where you're located, right? A lot of it. Yeah, yeah. So again, like we're in Colorado, and you got to have a, a radon uh, service in place. But what 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 do you think is the most profitable tool to purchase? For me, when I was starting off, I bought a really expensive infrared camera, and I distinguished myself from all the rest, and that really exploded our business. Uh, just choosing that one tool. It made me a better inspector too. Do you have any advice about that? Do you have one tool that uh, would definitely be a huge return on an investment? I'd say my, my infrared, my C3, about 600 bucks. Thing is paid for itself 50 times over. It's, it's a good money maker. Um, and the radon is as well. But I'd like to mention just one thing, Ben, about radon. Yep. It, to everybody is hang on to your calibration sheets. It, it's only happened to me one time in 10 years, but I had a home seller request a copy of my calibration sheet. We've had that too. Lon, what do you think? Uh, uh, most, uh, you know, most profitable tool. I, on IR, on infrared, I have an E6, uh, FLIR E6, and I think you can definitely do quality inspections with less than that. Uh, but I think for uh, serious or trying to do some sort of pro level stuff, uh, an E4 is probably uh, a baseline or a, a minimum unit. Um, funny thing about the camera is uh, one time I pull out my flare and I'm using it and then my client watches me and when I finish, he's, he says, I agree with everything you did. I designed your camera. 
<laughs> and uh, so, and then the other thing is, uh, I had another client. I uh, got my camera out, and he says, "By the way, I'm the fourth state distributor for FLIR." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And then minutes later, I hear him talking to his wife, and he says, "Lot well, has an E6. That's a serious camera." <laughs> so, you know, you can definitely, you know, uh, get uh, gravitas with your clients, with some of the tools you pull out and use. Uh, so having uh, some of those extra tools can uh, definitely help you out with the client. But I think around, for me, the number one money maker uh, is radon as an extra uh, add-on service. Um, the, uh, you know, I started out, I wasn't really charging enough for radon because I didn't treat it as a money maker. I just treated it as a way to uh, get biz, uh, to add on, it's just extra service for a client. And finally, I was counseled by some fellow inspectors to start charging more. And now I, uh, I make money on most of my radon tests. And keep in mind, radon testing requires two trips. One to put it in, sit there for 48 hours, come back and get it. And uh, so, you know, if you're gonna do things like radon, make sure you are compensating yourself for the time you spend on that, uh, doing that. Yeah, what, what about that, Jim? You teach about sewer scope inspections. Well, if you, I'm if gonna you cover all this. If, if you're adding a lot of time to your inspection time, you're not making money. So you got to be efficient with your time and t manage that time, right? Yeah. The way I look at it, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with radon. We have to do it, but my average radon test takes me two hours to go pick up the monitor and get home. So I'm getting 75 bucks an hour. I don't like to work for $75 an hour. That's not what we make on our inspections. With sewer scopes, we're making about $600 an hour. It takes me 15 minutes to do a scope. We charge 150 here in Colorado, so we're making 600 bucks an hour. I like that a whole lot better. So, you know, we do radon because we have to do radon. And yes, we do make money because we do it on about 98% of our houses. But the sewer scope, we've, you know, an inspector will do 40 plus thousand in sewer scopes a year. So that's, that pays for its camera really quickly. IR, infrared, we have a six, I have a fluke, and then we have our little one here. I have never figured out a way to make money off infrared. What it does do though, I think you have to have it because everybody expects it. And like Lon says, the wow, he brings it out, the big one out, and it's actually somebody who works for Flirt. So we like to have top line professional tools because that's our image. I'm gonna get most of my business from referrals and that's what sets us apart you know like we said with a flashlight and a screwdriver you can do an sop inspection what's going to set you apart so you can charge more so you're going to get the higher end stuff it's some of its tools you know uh when you wow people that's going to make you money and so you know for me the sewer scope has definitely been the most profitable thing we've ever dreamed up and you do need to get proper training <laughs> And like I say, if you're in the right area, you're going to have to do radon. It's just a fact of life. Yep. Um, let's see. Nobody mentioned software. Would that be considered a tool? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. 
but you know, the phone nowadays is like a walking computer, you know, it takes photos and videos and you can do an inspection software on it and all that stuff. What software uh, do each of you use? Why don't you do a shout out for your software? Well, I wrote my own program, so I do my own. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of a geek like that. So I'll let Ray and Jim expound on that more. What, what are you selling it for, Lon? What are you selling it for? Go ahead, fellas. I'm, I'm using Spectora. I've uh, been using it now for a couple of years. Had pretty good luck with it. Um, I also use it on commercial inspections. I've developed my own templates. Um, you know, in terms of uh, ease of use, uh, you know, I, I used to use an old uh, ProSite system, but it was pretty slow. Uh, it took a long time to do. These are pretty quick. I can also do them on site if I want with a tablet. But uh, like I say, I'm still doing the old school stuff. I take pictures take them back to the office, download them, and do my reports on my PC so I can check for my spelling, my edits, and everything before sending them out. Jim, what do you use? Well, I use a motion uh, tablet. It's a military-grade F5. So it's a Windows 10 device. We have a docking station in the truck. We have a docking station in the office. So I don't transfer anything from computer to computer. When it gets put to bed in the office, it does back up and you guys got to think about backup because you are going to have a catastrophic failure and you're going to lose everything. It's going to happen. So we back up to a server that stores in two places and we back up to the cloud. So as soon as we put it on the docking station, everything is backed up. But, you know, there's good softwares. You got HomeGage, you got Home Inspector Pro. I've been using 3D since 2007. So I think there's some softwares that have a lot more bells and whistles now. But you got to remember, you're going to spend a lot of time making that software your own. I probably had 500 hours into it. And we compile and make changes constantly. So check them all out and figure out who's you like the best because you're going to be stuck with it for a long time. And it's not easy to change over to somebody else's software. So try to find somebody who's keeping up. You know, they're doing all the upgrades, do they have video? Do you know? Do they have all the latest and greatest features? Because if they don't, they're probably gonna be obsolete in time. Yep. Um, you know, in the masterclass that I teach online, it's a free online class with coaching sessions. We talk about time management. So we're talking about all these tools, you know, you'd be carrying buckets and bags and, and vests filled with tools to every job and every front door. So you got to manage your time. You got to watch what you're bringing. You're bringing a lot of stuff to the front door. I always had a tool bag of the most commonly used tools, but I, in my truck, I was ready to turn around because while I'm here, I could do another, uh, maybe a mold swab. Uh, I could do uh, you know, a different kind of radon test or something. So I, I brought everything in the vehicle. Uh, you don't bring everything to the front door necessarily. Here's two more tools that, um, my buddies didn't mention, and I use them. I've been using these. So this is a Hydro Shark, Hydro Shark. It has, um, it's a moisture meter, right? But, you know, I'm fat and old, and I don't want to bend down and touch the carpeting. So it'll give me, um, with these two probes, uh, an audible and a signal, because home inspectors, we don't care what the actual measurement of the 
moisture is or the relative humidity, which is another tool. Um, so I'll just go around the basement in the corner and this will probe through the carpeting and the padding. Also it can reach up to things that I, I can't reach for myself. So it's in like an extendable kind of moisture meter. Also, this is a gardening tool. This is a three tine hoe. I heat up and straighten out one of the tines so I can probe it. It's also extendable. So I can do uh, some grabbing of things and I leave the hooks so that I can grab insulation at the band rim joist area, pull back maybe underneath the deck flashing area to look for moisture, maybe boom, 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 hit it and then put it right back with those hooks. Nobody knows that I was moving insulation. Not required to according to the standards, but I always do. I move insulation all the time. So this is actually a gardening tool. These two tools you can find on uh, my actual, uh, my, my wife's website, inspectorcoach.com, inspectorcoach.com. And um, I'll leave that link on the chat box. Fellas, I wanted to thank you so much. Does anybody have any last words? You can want to get in. I don't want to end it without uh, giving everybody a chance to say something. Well, I'll speak first. If you're a new inspector, just remember, you're going to spend at least as much time writing the report as you do at site. There is no getting around that until you develop your software and got really proficient at this. So when I first started doing home inspections, before I used the tablet, I used to spend three hours at a 2000 square foot house and then I'd spend three hours on the computer. That's part of paying your dues. Once you start developing your drop downs, you know, you'll see the same thing, you know, five times a week, you'll write the verbiage you like. But just understand that's gonna take some time and there's no real shortcuts to becoming a good inspector. You have to put in your dues. And you know, those of us that have been doing it, I'm 15 years going on 16, Lon's 22. You know, it's a very rewarding business, but it takes some time to get there. Yep. I agree with everything Jim said. You know, it's a, uh, um, I, I think that uh, the other thing for a new inspector is don't be in a hurry. Uh, you just, uh, in fact, when I was starting, that was probably the number one thing I did wrong was I just, you know, was, in fact, I could do a 3000 square foot house in an hour and a half today. I can't even, I don't, I don't, I kind of wonder what I was looking at, <laughs> uh, you know, and somehow I never got in trouble, but the point is, you know, I, I don't get out of that same house under three hours ever anymore. So don't be in a hurry, take your time. And one of the biggest things for a newbie is um, you don't have to be the complete expert. If your client says, uh, you, know, you walk out of a room and the client says, what was that stain in the corner? And you're like, oh, I didn't see it. You know, it's okay to say, let's go look and turn around, go back and say, oh yeah, that. And you, you don't, you can, uh, uh, Take your time with things and also tell people that, in fact, even today, after all these years, I still see things for the first time, technologies change, things are done differently, or people just do something funny or weird. And so you can, it's fine to tell your clients, you know what, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at right here, but I'm going to do some research on it. I got some friends call, 
you'll see the results of that work in the report when I send it to you this evening. Uh, and by the way, I think all three of us do our reports off-site. We don't try to uh, send the, uh, finish the report on-site. For me, I just write a better report in the quiet of my home office where I can, if I want to write an essay, I can leisurely write out that essay without being hurried in the house, for instance. And I can review my report and make sure it's saying everything I want it to say. So uh, a couple of things there that uh, it's okay, in my opinion, to tell a client, yeah, I'm gonna do, I, that's a little unusual. I'm gonna do some additional research on that uh, to see what it is exactly going on there. I agree with Juan. Um, you know, when you're starting up, uh, take your time. You know, you'll, you'll eventually learn what, what's really the important, the most important parts of the house. Make sure you don't miss. Uh, develop a routine, uh, make that routine and just keep it and use it every time so you get used to looking at the same thing and so you don't miss anything. Uh, I know you're gonna run into those odd houses where running your routine is gonna be difficult, but try to stick to that. Um, you know, and I agree with with both of the guys about doing the reports on, on the PC. It also allows you the opportunity to do some, look up some research if you have to. If there's something you don't know about or you're looking for some verbiage about a certain item, you can look it up on the internet and got that opportunity to do that. Well, fellas, I really appreciate uh, how you took the time out to share your thoughts about tools and uh, a few other things. There's nothing better than seeing some instructors who are also mentors, who are also master uh, inspectors, uh, share what they know. Uh, that's how we get better and how we support each other. So I really appreciate it. Really thank you each. Uh, Ray, Lon, and Jim. Really appreciate it. Welcome. Uh, thank you, everybody, for attending. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm on the contact page. If you want to reach out directly to these fellas, uh, I can give you that link as well. And um, I really appreciate everybody attending. And thanks, fellas, again, for sharing. Really appreciate it. Stay, Stay safe. Have a good healthy. day. Be safe. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.